I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the, well, it was the Wise Men Safe Film Club, but tonight it's the Wise Men AV Club as we delve into some of uh, the sporting TV classics um, over the past 30, 40 years. But we are going tonight, we are taking you into 2006 and on a deep dive of Danny Dyer's real football factories, building on our stellar review of 2004's The Football Factory. Uh, my name is Tom Walsh, and I'm joined, uh, as always, by Matthew Keeling. Hello. And Craig Clark. Uh, hello, lads. Uh, yes, off, as I was saying, off the back of the success of the uh, the football factory, Danny Dyer was cast as this kind of footballing hooligan god, and <laughs> revered by many of the, uh, of the people of that ilk around the country. And while he's character came to a sticky end in the football factory um it does make you it did like the public was yearning to know more about this culture so who better to take on this mantle than danny dyer and over six glorious episodes he took us around the country meeting as he says some of the proper hard men who have real offs at football matches (laughs) (laughs) I played Tommy Johnson in the movie The Football Factories, which was all about football violence. But that was just acting. Now I'm on a journey around the country meeting the real firms who have mass offs at football matches for real. No fake blood, no stuntmen, no makeup. This time it's just me and the country's hardest hooligans. I meet the real top boys who tell you the score. I can tell you someone who would have been better. Bov, or Bother, from Green Street. <laughs> have to agree there. Or, Ch- or, or obviously, Bill, Bill, Billy Bright. Yeah, Billy Bright and Bother is some kind of like double act, Would I think would have uh, and of course, quite um, well. And of course, Stephen Goldsmith. Yes. Well, the perfect yes. man for the job. Well, I'm expecting when this finishes, um, him to be telling me that he either knows all the people or telling us we've got everything wrong about them and this is what really <laughs> happened. Yeah, <laughs> the inside track from the man who was there. So, 
Essentially, this was uh, this was screened on Bravo back in the day when Bravo was. <laughs> of course, it? it was screened on Bravo. <laughs> that and the Towers of London documentary. What a time to be alive! Well, the, the great thing about the Bravo thing is, at the end of each episode, it's uh, coming up next. Always sunny in Philadelphia, yeah, and it's yes. like what a jump culturally! <laughs> wow. I didn't know that program was that old. No, me well, neither. No, I just no. noticed on these because um, it's available on YouTube, and people should definitely watch this one before they listen to us eviscerate it. Yes, uh, the the ones we're going to look at tonight. These uh, we're going to we're going to break it down. We're not going to fill your head with too much Danny Dyer because these are these are forty eight minute long <laughs> <laughs> episodes, <laughs> and uh, it was a bit too much. To, and there's just so much content to. Uh, to pack in so we're going to take the first three episodes um where he hits up the major cities um of london like we start we start in london and then we move on to the northwest with manchester and liverpool before the piece de resistance which is here danny's trip to north of the border to uh, to scotland but as i say we we start in um danny's hometown of london his manor his manor yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. London town. We do things with a bit of panache. Danny says. <laughs> a place he also describes as having f- it's a hotbed of fashion, culture and fighting. Yeah. Um, hmm. And it's it starts <laughs> off how again, it's a lot of CCTV footage of and footage from the 1980s of people in uh people just scrapping just in general. And footage from the football factory as well. And <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's lots of references back to the football factory. In fact, he does so in the credits when he says, but that was just acting before he tells us that he's going to meet the real I love that he conf- I love that he confirms it was acted as well. Just in case like, you were just in case I mean, you it was this wasn't like a yeah. like a bi- biography of him. Like he was actually playing a character, which is to be fair in some parts difficult to tell. <laughs> it's hard to tell he's acting, but not yeah. because it seems realistic. <laughs> but as he sa- as he states, these in these in this real world there's no fake blood, no stunt men. <laughs> 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 so how how all of these episodes begin is uh, mm. is like a brief history of the city of London and the the culture around hooliganism, which begins well as we find out that goes on through these episodes. It's always the same. Poor working class men have nothing to do. All their industry <laughs> has gone away. So what better way to release all that energy than fight? And then, God. And then we meet. So it starts off with the, uh, the you know the Teddy Boys of the nineteen fifties. Then it shows footage of the uh, the mods and rockers. And then there's a there's a delightful little skinhead on this. He says he's just looking forward to having a fight all the time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> At least he's straight up about it. Isn't yeah, he pulls no punches. To be fair to him, ironically, given his indeed. And so the uh, he, he maps out the uh, the main like hooligan firms of Chelsea, West Ham, and Tottenham. Oh, sorry, Millwall, of course. Of course, the main one. Of course. And and so we're first. The first person we're introduced to is uh, Ginger Bob from the <laughs> <laughs> Millwalls. What a, what a nice fella. Nice fella. Yeah, he seems and, seems like a top boy, doesn't he? <laughs> but the first thing he says to Danny, he's uh, he's from uh, Millwall's F Troop. Uh, he said, 
uh, I really liked the film. I thought the uh, the scenes were like really uh, realistic. <laughs> yeah, like, it's like he's trying to impress him. Oh yeah, he's desperate for them to love his. Looks his like film, an airbag. <laughs> I hope he's not listening to this because that's me dead. Uh, well, <laughs> the thing is, I was. I, I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, he also wasn't. Is this the guy who was also ex army special forces? Well, think... well, he he says that this Millwall firm had like people who were like people like boxers and then like oh, special yeah. forces. Sorry, he wasn't one of them though. And as Danny keeps rabbiting on, just like because. Any time he interviews any of these people, he just agrees with everything he says. Oh, yeah. say. You would, to be fair, with some of them. I yeah, mean, I would be agreeing with Ginger Bob, for example. <laughs> oh, the <I> mean, airbag. <laughs> he's quite an intimidating fellow. It's a, it's so Ginger Bob actually explains that uh, of all the injuries he's had, of like a broken eye socket. Essentially, what he's saying, he's just had an entirely broken head because of all the <laughs> all the beatings he's had. Uh, but then Danny takes him to the scene of the uh, the football factory fight, uh, the the last scene, and as <laughs> oh yes, uh, and he keeps saying, "You won't want to be caught round here." He, he just keeps repeating the word "naughty manner," naughty manner. Yeah, he does like saying that a lot, doesn't he? But <laughs> and so and so then it just it. It goes on. A, well, this is the this is the one thing about. Well, there's a there's a numerous thing about this series, but it's it. There's just a pattern of how we're given a brief history lesson. We meet some of them. They say how it great it was in the old days, and then say how bad it is in the the new days because they can't fight. And what's the reason for that? CCTV. CCTV. In every single episode, CCTV. And uh, well, they show like a little uh, montage of like how it was in the 80s and getting on, like, trains and all that. And then it had a panorama documentary. Oh, it's amazing, where, that bit. Where they just keep referring to us, the real nutters. <laughs> we, have, have we, missed, we might have missed another important element of this show, though. Well, two things. The talking heads that you get. There's always yeah. a professor of, or doctor of something from a university. Yeah. And there's... In this one, Gary Bushell, who's sitting next to some bombardier pumps and a Carlin pump, that I don't know why they're there or what he's about, but he's very irritating. And also fashion, Danny likes trying some clothes on. Well, this is the thing. Well, yeah. It's a lot of footage of him looking at... um, Because he goes to this like trendy place in somewhere in London and he keeps saying that like he prefers his, uh, his clothing thin. He write, he oh yeah, like slimline clothing. Yeah, slimline right. clothing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've got that written down here as well. <laughs> and the, the fella who's with him, I think it's uh, Trevor Fairweather, is like, no, you want it to actually be a bit looser than that. And like Danny's like, oh, I don't know about that. Trevor is also um, a black man, and Danny asks him, being a black skinhead, how does that work? <laughs> <laughs> Which I just found an astonishing question, to be quite honest. He has done no research of anyone he's gone to meet. He no, he doesn't know anything about it. Obvious. He's, he's like wide-eyed. He is. It's like a, it's like he's been in this film, which you would have thought getting the character maybe they did some research and stuff. But no, in that film, actually thinking about it, there aren't any black people, are there? Uh, no. I mean, Fred's Turkish. But I think that's the closest of racial diversity like we have the, in that film. That's absolutely right. And and that's you, purely but, coincidental because Tamer Hassan happens to be 
Turkish. So, like, it's not like there's no theme at all in there, really, is there? No, not at all. And no. then, as we find, uh, Danny's own team, West Ham, which he mentions repeatedly, one of their most famous hooligans, who's now like an author and publisher, Cass Pennant, is a black guy. Yeah. And like, also, if you'll notice in the credits, uh, Cass Pennant is also like um, one of a consultant. So, oh. must have, ah, yes, he is. Yes, he is. So they must have right. gone. They must have gone through him to like see if all this stuff they're saying about it's legit. But it's like, yeah, why? Do you, why are you so surprised? Why somebody describes himself as a black skinhead? I get well, exactly. <laughs> you could, yeah, <clears throat> they literally just dropped Danny Dyer into this. Someone's done loads of research and stuff and prepared it and went right. Uh, we'll get Danny to do it because of that <laughs> film he did, and he's like, oh, what? Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> just totally bemused, like he's one out, just woken up from a coma or something. Uh, also, do you remember uh, G- Ginger Bob? They, they asked this, like, why? Why did you do it at the time? It's like, well, if you're a hooligan, you used to get all the pints and you used to get all the girls. No, yeah, uh, yeah. It's like, uh, as Matthew said, he looks like an airbag. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that 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 panorama stuff's amazing. The voiceover on that panorama documentary where it says F Troop were all the real nutters. Self-confessed loonies. <laughs> one of and them he... seems to be called Harry the Dog. Yes, Harry Who? the Dog. Is he the one, one of them says, I'll put a fucking pint glass on his head. Yes. There's some wonderful quotes in that Panorama doc- documentary. This programme made me really want to watch some of the documentaries they re- reference. Because yeah. some of it looks actually quite interesting. And because it's from, like, the 70s, the production and the way the voiceover's done is like some pseudo-intellectual, yes. snooty-nosed guy, like, looking down on them, and it's so funny. It, yeah, it's like those kind of... Uh, those films are, like, the done as in, like, a nature documentary. Yeah, absolutely. Where, where they've never seen a wildebeest before. Like, they've yeah. never seen... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> where is it? So- Danny's, like, on the street. He's with... Well... Sometimes he's with them. Clearly, well, there's bits. Well, but we'll get onto that. We'll but he's much that. more on the boots on the ground, isn't he? He's a bit more, you know, your Hunter S. Thompson, your Gonzo journalist. Doesn't <laughs> he? Doesn't stand above them. He's like one of the man, he's a man of the people. Well, I don't know because he seems to be like have no idea how to really <laughs> converse with these people. <laughs> so yeah, was, around them. Maybe <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> as, as we were saying before we started, it's like. He's portrayed like because, the, like I like I said on the uh, the Greek, uh, sorry, the Football Factory pod. It was like we hadn't really known much about Danny Dyer as an actor, uh, as a person. So when he this was his major role that thrust him into the limelight, and so everyone just kind of sh- oh yeah, he's like a, a nutter, he's a football yeah, he's but he's not. He's, he's not. like no, he's, he's just absolute an wet wipe. We'll be like he's getting, a total wet wipe. It's just like getting Daniel Radcliffe to oh yeah, he's a wizard. Like no, he isn't. He, he's Harry Potter. <laughs> like, he's... <laughs> um, they, they could have got uh, like Elijah Wood to do this. Yeah. Oh, they should have. They should have. He would have been more convincing, I think, because he would have really actually, would have been. I don't think it confused. actually is Danny Dyer. I think it's just a soundboard. <laughs> Because he says four things. I don't know what to expect here. I am fucking shitting myself. Naughty manner. And, uh, well, like, some, something about geezers or... Like, it's, oh, he's amazing. It's just brilliant. It's, it, it's magnificent. And it's the, the bit where he's in the clothes shop, he's just like, yeah, it's like, you've got to have this collar. I, I see, I just love having my collar up. <laughs> oh, yeah, like... he loves having his collar up. Right. They, Bob also revealed because they took. There's a bit more of like the sort of makeup of London, and 
He hits on something where, he's, again, the kind of racial tension of this kind of comes to the fore when he says, uh, like, for a Millwall, like, a lot of people in London, have, poor white people have moved out of London, but they're still in Bermondsey. But it's poor white people that he describes as mm. being left in Bermondsey. And I think that, like, he's kind of touching on a sort of, like, Although there are obviously some like kind of um, black hooligans and stuff, there is definitely something that they don't explore in this documentary. Is there's definitely like a racial undertone? Yeah, it's it, that was always prevalent with like the especially like the Chelsea, Chelsea contingent and yeah. then Millwall contingent. It's like although uh, Cass Pennant does say that like when he was the only racial stuff he used to get in London mm. was when he wasn't with the West Ham, as yeah. he says in it. He's, he said, when I'm out on the streets, I'm a black, I'm whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But when I'm with West Ham, I'm claret and blue, which I thought... I forgot for about the, that, yeah. yeah that for was all, quite a good part, actually, of the documentary. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's for all... For, <laughs> good documentary work there by uh, Danny <laughs> Dyer's uh, producers. He finally, <laughs> finally got to the bottom of the race thing. Well, I think... But it's, Danny it's, was so confused about it at the beginning. <laughs> it's, it's, probably, it's probably not explored much further because it probably became apparent that actually Danny Dyer is not the man to delve deeper into it. <laughs> <laughs> Are you questioning his journalistic tendencies no, and their credibility? I, mean, I, just, I, just, I, question his, I just question him. I just think it's... <laughs> like, even when he's in that shop and he decides that he wants the jacket... And he sort of shouts, he shouts over to the man, and, the, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm all right. Take this with me." Yeah, and then Block's just like, "Yeah, it's a shop. That's yeah. how purchasing <laughs> works." Like, like, yeah, you can have it. Yeah. Oh wait. He walks out with his bag, with his jacket. Danny, ha- how come you haven't mentioned Matt that Danny, when he's trying clothes on, who he references one of your uh, favorite other people? Yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah he mentions. Uh, well, at first he, he addresses him as uh, Billy Bright, and then realizes that he's not real, and then calls him. <laughs> And then Billy Bright, a Frank Harper, uh, he wears one of these in the football factory and then makes some kind of the reference film which in. doesn't quite work to say that he barely took it off during filming. Oh, yeah. Because... We were like, m- well, I was thinking, okay. Because right. most of the film is outside, so it needs a jacket on. It doesn't make and any like, sense, That's obviously Danny. his bit of, like, iconic clothing. Whereas you, Danny, got to wear that Ming and Diamond jumper. <laughs> <laughs> which, which, he almost buys another one of them <laughs> in the shop. <laughs> oh, God, I love him. It's just missing so Rod King funny. coming out dressed like a vicar. Um, and oh, my God. Well, one of the characters in one of these episodes looks a bit like Rod King, I think. <laughs> oh, yes. But I can't remember yes. which one. We'll have to get on to it's that. In, it's in the Scotland one, I think. Or maybe, th- oh, maybe no, there's no, no, lots no. of them who look no, like no, Rod King. It's, it's definitely well. He's definitely in the Burnley one. Oh no, yes, you're yeah, right. right. It is, it yeah, is. it is. In the, but yeah, it is. Okay, well, yeah, but yeah, but more, but only, more on Rod King two later. <laughs> but on <laughs> the real but Rod King. The real Rod King. <laughs> <laughs> well, he said the. Uh, well, he said he didn't really explore much about. There are some actually good points about like hooliganism in like tucked away in this no, montage of quite stupid good, yeah. men. Yeah. But there's a bit where because they have like as you said they have like a, like a, a doctorate in um, someone who's got a doctorate in these kind of hooliganism like, or something. Yeah. Well, well that fe- well that fellow was saying I don't have his name down here, but he said the firms were kind of like grown out of Thatcherism because it was all 
organise and they had their own oh, yeah. they used, used the cheap rail cars to get around the country and then they had their own business cards yeah. and Danny is so impressed <laughs> when someone, <laughs> someone hands him one of these cards <laughs> look, at these, look at all these cheeky cards you've got <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's great man. that's fantastic isn't it <laughs> yeah, it's like Cass Pennant had oh. like an ice. You've been visited by the ICF card, and he's yeah. just—he's looking at it. Goes like it's the greatest thing he's ever seen. <laughs> he really wants one of what's his Tommy Johnson, doesn't he? He oh really, he really God. wants one. Like you've been visited by Tommy yeah. Johnson and Rod King. <laughs> there's, a, there's a guy in this called Ian Butch Stuttard I've got written down here and I can't remember anything else about him other than he looked a bit like Uncle Fester does that ring any bells yeah. <laughs> that came soon after the uh, corporate mindset of the firm I think that's why I, 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 that's my known mm. chronology anyway how's that a good uh, <laughs> good reference to the co- a good um, cameo by the Cockney Rejects oh, as well. The squeaky oh, voice, yeah. the squeaky voice. I couldn't stop laughing at him. He's a terribly, terribly dressed man as well. <laughs> <laughs> but and then it's a story where it's just like, oh, there was a. I mean, I don't want to doubt this man, but it's just kind of like where the Cockney Rejects would play like shows, and the ICF mm. would yeah. follow them around, kicking off with people. And he said there was about. You know, it's always a story where there's 20 of them against 300 people in, in Birmingham. Birmingham. In Birmingham, yeah. Yeah, and they all had to fight their way out of the gig. I was like, I mean... Uh, yeah, I mean, in Birmingham as well, like, <laughs> you've got the, the Zulus in Birmingham. I know that that's later on in the series we'll get to see them. But, like, that's, that's sort of a, that sort of is a story that you think 30 of you taking on 10 times that. Like, but yeah. no, not really. I don't, uh, yeah, no. Terrible doesn't seem band. likely, does it? Awful band as well. Terrible. And oh, speaking of Birmingham, uh, he does put on a brummy accent during this yeah, part of it, uh, yeah. which is awful. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. It's, well, it's in similar vein to that was where Danny leaves the capital and goes up to Luton to uh, und- oh, yes. investigate the uh, the infamous Lund- uh, Luton versus Millwall 1985 uh, cup game. Where mm. the uh, they were fighting, it was all over the TV. And he meets who does he meet? <laughs> oh, yeah, oh. it's it's the man himself. But it is isn't. It, it's Tommy Robinson. <laughs> it's Tommy Robinson, the man who, uh, th- well, our the the Tommy Robinson we know now actually took his name from. Is it actually he, true? Yeah, that is that true. Is, that, that is, is true. I wondered yeah. that as yeah. I was watching it, if because obviously his real name is Stephen Yaxley Lennon. Yeah, and I was wondering. Is he the influence? No, he is. Yeah, he, yeah he definitely is. Yeah, that's yeah, incredible. That's, no, it's, it's a it's a well known thing that, that he took. Oh, well, I, I'm rubbish. Sorry, not well known yeah, by yeah. Craig. You know, <laughs> I was in the ivory tower, mate. You know, one of those uh, bourgeois intellectuals or something. Uh, and so, like, uh, and <laughs> also Tommy Robinson tells this story of how like Millwall go around like smashing every window in Luton and. Uh, Probably made some improvements actually to Luton. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Looks like they've just left it as it is then. Yeah, From the last time I was there. But never it, changed. Well, it's the same thing where he says one thing and then uh, Ginger Bob retorts by saying it was all, oh, the police couldn't handle it. 
It's like, yeah. well, they should, shouldn't have had this game if the police couldn't handle it. It's like, just say it was your fault. Yeah, it's not yeah like- just accept responsibility. No, but he, he basically says with a bit of a smirk, doesn't he, Ginger Bob? Like, oh, well, if they couldn't handle it, they should have cancelled the game. As in, I think that was the outcome that they were looking for. Get the game yeah. they played because yeah. they were losing. And I just thought, oh, like, I mean, I suppose you, you're actually doing some hooliganism with a, a potential impact there rather than the usual just having a rock for whatever reason. But, um, yeah. 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 And, and also, when he, uh, we, go back, we go back into London, and this is where he keeps going on about how, like, uh, London on a Saturday afternoon, every train station in London becomes a battleground, and every tube station becomes a battleground. Every single um, one. Every we saw that in one. Green Street, to be fair, because they just had a fight on a random Friday, in, <laughs> Friday night at Bank. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that was actually accurate. Yeah. <laughs> but again, it's just like, it's, oh God, it's, it's terrible because, and then they have that, that bit, there's a bit at the end where it's just like in the police control room. It's like, oh, there's some Millwall fans coming back from Ipswich. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it's like, oh, are they going to kick off? It's like, oh no, just, they've just been arrested for racially assaulting someone. <laughs> racially oh, yeah. aggravated. Yeah. So oh, there's uh, that racism that actually does bubble under it. And it's Millwall again, of course, who are involved in it with, and, and Ginger Bob's the one who seems to, he's not, he's not actually, ra- well, he doesn't act racist in the, sh- in the show, but he, there's a simmering kind of thing yeah. there with Millwall, isn't there? There's an undertone but, constantly, isn't there? But I think it's probably something they didn't really want to explore because to me, like, from my understanding, they wanted to, this series is just glorifying it, isn't it? A little bit, yeah. So oh, they don't want well, it's portraying them as celebrities, really. Yeah. Well, in fact, they... Danny compares the uh, stuff you were talking about with the tube and that to the film The Warriors, which he calls a proper film. Oh God! Uh, and <laughs> just I suppose a reminder in a way, that um, just a reminder that he did Pinter. Uh, he did do Pinter, <laughs> and in Pinter, maybe that's one of the lines he delivered. <laughs> proper film, but it's like it is. I guess that kind of feeds into the idea, isn't it? That it's glorifying it because it's like. All right, I wouldn't say Warriors is a particularly Hollywood film, but it's like making it seem like cool and yeah, like it's, edgy yeah. and all that kind of stuff. <clears throat> well, it's, it's, he goes on a bit because he meets a um, uh, shout out for Trevor Tanner, the Spurs guy, who's oh, amazing. Yeah. He's uh, <laughs> just this massive, he's this massive bald guy. In fairness, he looks scary. Oh, he looks I'm, I'm intimidated by him. him like... <laughs> yeah, and, and he, he's still at it as well, isn't he? He's not. Oh, yeah. I don't think he'd retired, unlike the others. But it's, but there's although the flashback bit is amazing, oh, yes. <laughs> because because uh, well to describe this man he's an enormous like fella with a big bald head, and the flashback shows him with this massive, <laughs> massive head of black hair and an enormous ponytail <laughs> <laughs> of him throwing pint glasses out of a pub at someone, and they're just. Anyway, he got sent down for that because, in his words, this grass is everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that was my favourite bit as well. <laughs> it's like, no, mate, the grass was the CCTV cameras. Like, literally, technology oh. is, is spotted you. It is in the yeah. grasses. It's just been used <laughs> by it, isn't it? It's brilliant. Man. He also says that he goes to bed dreaming of fights. Oh, he is really quite intimidating. And when he says that Tottenham have got, like, the sort of best firm or whatever, what, like, whatever that means, I, I actually believe him. Yeah, if he's at the front, uh, I would... I would not I would mouth off. I would be doing yeah. no mouthing off to him. 
And of all these, t- well, I've not been in Millwall, but Spurs is quite edgy. Well, it used to be around White Hart Lane, and that has gone as a non-hooligan, like obviously just a yeah. regular fan. The walk for it's, it's Seven Sisters, isn't it? Like, yeah. Yeah. It's a, yeah. It's also like that street goes on forever. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's like it's uh, it is quite it isn't quite intimidating place it's to go. Because like the pub, isn't there? They've got their pub on well near the ground, and that yeah, that street does go on for a, <laughs> an eternity, as you say. Uh, also, uh, Trevor Trevor Tanner also uh, gives a nod to the Spurs youth who, for some reason, feel like their identity ent- identity <laughs> needs to be protected. So it's just this like shady black, uh, like you know that silhouette kind of thing. Yeah, uh, and then a false voice. I don't, I don't really know why they wanted to do that. Maybe it's because uh, of all the CCTV and whatnot. Yeah, but Danny, you've got to protect it- your identity. Yeah. Yeah, Danny closes this this episode <clears throat> out with his uh, kind of like Jerry Springer in like final thoughts at the end, where he's like somebody stood in an alleyway, and he's going how like how like some of those retired, but he again, as you say, he treats them as like celebrities. How like they've turned well, they've oh, left yeah. the, left the fighting behind, and now they're all like esteemed authors and. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. but I'm sorry, not, they're but... not Danny. And one of them, one of them's doing an after dinner speaking circuit. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> is that Trevor? It's not Trevor Tanner, is it? No, oh, is no, it Mariner? Jason Mariner. Jason Chelsea Mariner. Boys. For Chelsea, Just have to make yeah. sure that all the yeah. glasses are removed from the table before he does his start of his speech. <laughs> <laughs> Jason Mariner also in another nod to Green Street, that obviously a separate franchise. Hates journals. He really well, hates journals. I'm sure there's something to do with him going to prison because of like Donald McIntyre's like investigative journalism or yes. something like that. Yes, and he that really hates the media. He and was, was the like, one. Yes. He was the one that they were in. Yeah, well, uh, McIntyre was embedded with. And yeah, the, that's uh, right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the headhunters. Well, well. well uh, any more on the London one before oh, well, we it's just, move it on? He almost does it. So it's a. I think you should do these as you know the hop on hop hop off bus tours of cities. Yeah. So you should bring these back, and you should be able to get off at any hooligan stop you want, and just go around <laughs> on a hop on hop off bus tour with Danny Dyer. And one final shout in this episode for the fact that Danny in every episode goes on about his film and his film career. And at the end of this one, Trevor Tanner, who is obviously a very scary man, like no joke, says Football Factory was shit. Yeah. <laughs> but Danny was an alright bloke <laughs> <laughs> and I was howling at that I was like what a way to round that off just like, nice him one, off. Trev. <laughs> I really like him for that <laughs> well on that note we'll, uh, we'll take a break and we'll, when we come back we'll uh, Danny heads north I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites so if you're not looking on LinkedIn you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra start hiring professionals like a professional post your free job on linkedin.com people today Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. 
Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi, this is Darren Williams, and you're listening to the Wise Men Say Podcast. Uh, welcome back to the Wise Men Say AV Club, where we're <laughs> delving into uh, uh, Danny Dyer's football factories. Uh, in the first in the first half, we uh, we took in episode one, where he showed us around all these favourite sites of his manner of London. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and before we uh, we before we follow Danny up north to the northwest and uh, over the border to Scotland. Um, we're just going to do a few plugs uh, once again uh, from the terraces are back open now. Um, uh, so if you want to look better than Danny, I was going to say if you want to buy series, if you want to buy clothes that are better than anything shown in this series, <laughs> <laughs> well, get yourself on there. Uh, Matthew, got, you got anything? Uh, is it Dave Wright? Caricatures uh, is open for business still during this. Um, still during this time. <laughs> <laughs> that we're having, uh, so buy buy some buy some drawings or, or things from 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 them, um, and you can buy beer from Max and Brewery. Obviously, we've had them; uh, they're doing like this drive-through service, which Gareth explained in some detail on the previous podcast that he did with Tom and Chris. Uh, I'll also give a shout out to Time Mouth Coffee because I ordered a massive bag of. Um, some of their coffee uh, last week, I think it was, and it actually turned up on the same day that I ordered it, which yeah, I thought was fantastic. really good. It's delicious Incredible as well. service. Yeah, really good coffee. Also give a shout out to the fact that if you're buying records or anything, I'm trying to, I don't know, it's a good time to be buying stuff like that because obviously you can listen to music and, and things in the house. Any local record stores, that Tim, you know, uh, obviously Tim Burgess has been doing those listening parties. He's got a website um tim's twitter listening parties or something if you search for that you'll be able to find the website and it's got all the record shops on there that are still selling and delivering during this time so i've bought some stuff from beatdown who are based in newcastle and there's a few others they're in they're in newcastle so they're local businesses still and i'm sure there's plenty around where you are tom there must be absolutely oh yeah tons. tons Uh, yeah, also support uh, support local bands as well. A lot of bands I've seen been putting all a lot of the material on Bandcamp, which is the place to the place to really like uh, buy it because all the proceeds go to them and it helps out. Like bands are struggling at the moment. Like yeah, festival season. Um, I've been yeah. doing bits of writing for any volume magazine, so there's um, there's a lot of bands in there that are doing gigs that were going to be in sort of local venues and pubs and clubs. Mm. They're now doing online. Um, and they're still ploughing on with sing- single releases or on Spotify, Bandcamp, SoundCloud, things like that. So, yeah, check out some local bands. Well, tell us more about this magazine as well, Matthew. I mean, so, you should Yeah, that, you so know. It, it's um, released monthly, um, but the May edition was released um, online only. So managed to get, they managed to get that released still, which, which was great. Um, but, yeah, it's mm. sort of covering any... Any culture things that are going on in, in the northeast, um, band single releases, any gig news. Obviously, there's no gig news, but online, online gig gig reviews. Uh, there's been some reviews of the listening parties. Um, I've done a cool. few things myself on, yeah, some singles and some albums and EPs that have come out from from local artists. So yeah, any volume magazine on Twitter, Facebook, and cool. the web. The magazine's available uh, on their website digitally as well. Lovely stuff. Uh, now let's go back to something a bit more stupid. Um, <laughs> and it's ep- episode two. 
and Danny's heading up to the northwest to see the titans of northern England football of Liverpool and Manchester, and he kind of frames this episode of uh, around the um, the 2005 FA Cup game between the two sides at Anfield, and once again we have to go through the. Uh, the opening rigmarole of uh, working class men. The shipyards are not here anymore. Or the, the docks are not here anymore. And people don't have anything to do. So he goes on about how Liverpool and Manchester have this great rivalry. As cities, we do. And then they also said of two uh, football... And then two like a massive powerhouses in uh, English football of Liverpool and Manchester United with nods to Everton. And although Man City's not really mentioned much in this, there's a bit about Main Road and Moss Side. Yeah, but he does frame it around also the name of a Dickens novel, which is A Tale of Two Cities, which made me reminded me of that Danny isn't just a mug. Of course, he's he's done Pinter as you've already mentioned. <laughs> he knows he's Dickens, and he does pose the question: just why do these cities hate each other so much? it's because the boats uh, bypass Liverpool apparently it's just to the Manchester ship canal which he kind of just puts down in a very like quick thing he just attributes everything to the ship canal before yeah he does everything in the ship canal before he goes shopping (laughs) (laughs) oh yes of course he does because Liverpool of course uh, well they say Liverpool invented the casual culture because the uh, and this is where it gets into the uh, because it is one thing that football hooligans love more than kicking fuck out of each other it's looking good while doing it (laughs) (laughs) so he takes him in so Danny goes into a place called Tazuti in Liverpool where in his uh, in his own words he is loving the gear (laughs) he's always on about the gear isn't he but not in the way that you would tend to think about gear (laughs) (laughs) There's, there's some great lines in this where they describe uh, An- Anfield and the cop as the terrace catwalk. Yes. Oh, yes, that's one of my favourite <laughs> bits I've got written down as well. Do you see? And also there's a bit where it goes to some hool- one of the hooligans' house who has a Sergio Tagini tracksuit framed in his house. Oh, like, missed, on the I wall. didn't notice that. I must have been writing something down. I'm gutted. <laughs> missed out there. And uh, there's also, also there's that... Well, as they're describing like the the fashion of like Liverpool, because essentially what they were saying is like Liverpool got to Europe and what what they do, they just go mm. robbing in these places. But as they're explaining this this theory, there's like this kind of like I don't know what how to describe it, like kind of like a photo shoot of just some like dickhead in like a Burberry cap <laughs> and like a scarf over his face oh, wearing yeah, a that's jacket. Brilliant. Oh my god! Is it because this is when they're when they're on about the burglar in the shops? Somebody in this, I can't, I don't know who it says it. I've just got it written down. Scouse Vikings. Yes, <laughs> Scouse Pillaging. Vikings. Pillaging. Yeah, I've got pillaging their way across Europe. Because again, Beautiful. they've got they've got a like a journalist and then like a um, historian or something of uh, <laughs> whoever was yeah. available. Yeah, basically, whoever was willing to put themselves up to go through this. A programme where Danny has some banter about trying on pink cardigans. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, yes. Well, he said (laughs) he loves a pink cardigan, though, doesn't he? He does love a pink cardigan. And so he's he's describing the uh, the fashion of the time and saying essentially saying that mm. nobody wears no but like hooligans stop wearing like scarves and like shirts and whatever. And so to be to be known um, as a football hooligan, you wore like like 
you know, your Stone Islands, Burberry's, Hackett, and all this. So then Danny gives a, a very sombre warning. Yes. <laughs> oh, yes, he does, yeah. <laughs> it's a straight dead to camera. And he says, be careful what you wear at football or you could end up in trouble. <laughs> oh, I used to have one of them uh, Feeler Borgs as well, the green one that he holds up. So I was really oh, holy not grail. to get filled in. <laughs> is that the holy grail that he says did, some yeah. people think is a myth? It's well, like, mate, you've got a hold of it in your hands. Know, we do know it, it exists. You're literally holding it, it's, mate. It's it's a myth. It's a tracksuit top made by feeler, mate. It's not like... it's <laughs> I, Yeah. Well, yeah, so I had one. I had the Holy Grail. Obviously, if any anyone that knows me knows I am indeed hard as nails. Um, well, did so, you ever yeah. get any trouble at the match because of that feeler jacket or uh, No, I just I managed to diffuse all of it by myself. Oh. So well, I was lucky, awesome, really. I, well hadn't, I hadn't listened to Danny's prior warning when I bought it either. So I was extremely <laughs> fortunate. Anything could have happened. You're putting yourself in real harm's way there. <laughs> I was. I was. <laughs> yeah, well, you can't. You couldn't help for getting filled in in 2006. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's just, he's just, he's just amazing. He's just a great comical little man, isn't he? He's just like <laughs> I love him. He's, I think he's great. I, I hate his clothes. He's dressed so badly in the same thing every single episode. <laughs> but it's great now that um, even as like uh, the landlord of the Queen Vic, he still dresses like a twat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like a theme in his career. Whether he's doing a documentary, a film, or EastEnders, he dresses shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot to mention that he's got dyed blonde hair in the first episode of this. Yes, oh, <laughs> he's no. got highlights. Oh, God. Yeah, tips. Beautiful. Oh, the... <laughs> uh, and so, and then we, we obviously, uh, when he starts meeting the hooligans, it goes on from being like how everything's changed, how like the all-seater stadiums ruined it because of the uh, one of the well, the Heisel and the the Hillsborough incidents. Oh, so yes. then we meet. Uh, Andy Nichols of uh, Everton's Cat C. Oh no, so he's a he's a Cat C yeah. hooligan, banned for life <laughs> from every yeah. football stadium in England as well. But he not, actually not just like Everton, all every of them. stadium. But I would like. I think he seemed like a nice bloke. I like him. Yeah, of all, yeah. Of he's all one of people, my favourite yeah, ones in the, in the programme. I agree with that. I like him. He's the one that. Uh, He's the one that kind of... Is he the one that's kind of let it go? He's just like... Yeah. Just, yeah um, I think he's moved on. Yeah. There's a, well, great, tells, there's a great story as to why later in the episode. <laughs> well, he tells the story <laughs> of... Uh, of when, well, he's 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 going he's going round. He's showing Danny around Goodison Park, and he's showing uh, like the streets, like the the terrace houses and all those back streets around Everton. Which he describes as a hooligan's paradise. <laughs> uh, and then tells a legendary story of when Man United came in, which well, he said it's when Wayne Rooney played for just first played for United. Yeah, so that's what he it was. Yeah. It was probably about a year before this was filmed. Yeah. I love how he, he frames it around as if Rooney coming back was the reason these hooligan <laughs> firms were fighting. He said, no, mate, it's got nothing to do with that. No, absolutely nothing. It might, it might have added something to it, but probably not. Yeah. And so, as he keeps repeating, he keeps repeating this uh, phrase over and over again, that United's uh, Red Army <laughs> were, were great because they always had numbers. They always had yeah. numbers. That but was great used, about yeah, United. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
He's obsessed about it, isn't he? He's like properly into this numbers thing. Well, it's showing his uh, hooligan knowledge and like his expertise, uh, <laughs> and, as, and essentially, <laughs> uh, thir- thirty uh, Everton took on two hundred Man United or something. And you're thinking, oh right, okay. But then he goes into a pub and meets a man <laughs> called Ed- <laughs> a man called Eddie Beef, <laughs> who is the worst kind of person. Yeah, he's terrible, him, isn't he? <laughs> he's, he's a Man just United horrible. fan. <laughs> yeah. Is he part of Manchester United's uh, Red Army or the Inner City Jibbers, which I found to be oh. one of the particularly great names of uh, one of the firms? <laughs> jibbers J- well, j- well jibbers is robbing isn't it yeah. it is and they do go on about how they rob around the stadium later don't they to be fair but yeah well yeah. that's uh, that's that's another <laughs> character but him and Eddie Beef have to say have, an, have a beef, beef <laughs> in this uh, empty pub with no bar staff <laughs> drinking <Yeah>. becks <laughs> But Andy Nichols is adamant about this. Well, you always turn up in numbers. You always turn up in numbers. It's like, right, we get it, mate. We get it, mate. <laughs> yeah, but you Eddie always Beef. use numbers for your benefit, and then you, when, it, yeah, when it doesn't work yeah. out, you always say it, it works against you because the police stop you and all this. And <laughs> It's just like, what are you going on about, mate? It's like, oh, God, it, it's like that kind of like, when you've been in a pub for too long, you end up talking to the regulars at the bar where the conversation yeah. just keeps repeating over and over again. And just like no one's gonna, because they just keep disagreeing, and it's well, yeah, <laughs> so. yeah. There's no agreement to be had here. Well, I'd really I was like, hoping it would I'd get really edgy, like, but nah. I'd really like to know how the conversation, like how awkward must that have been when it fil- when it finished filming, um, right? So you can go now, I guess. Um, Do you reckon they did many takes? Because I don't think that was spontaneous. No, I don't know. I don't- because there was some smirking going on, Jay, yes. I noticed. I don't know. And I wonder if that led to, like, actual laughter at some point. I wish there'd been outtakes where they actually started fighting each other. I reckon Eddie Beef would have got absolutely creamed by oh, Nichols. <laughs> Nichols would... Oh, yeah. He looks genuinely quite hard as well. Like, yeah, underst- understated hard. Yeah, Beef. I agree. Beef looked like he would, like, chiv you or something. Guy. Yeah, he just didn't <laughs> he look like a nice like an guy. absolute dick. To be honest, <laughs> <laughs> well, they had uh, before. Well, uh, to be honest, this is a pretty stacked episode. Uh, before we get onto the <laughs> to the real creme de gras <laughs> of this episode, <laughs> oh, <boy>. but, <laughs> but we've already had a taster of him, you know, because he's talking about fashion earlier. Yes. The one you oh, were going to, yeah, he talks about fashion, and he is literally the worst dressed man I've ever seen. <laughs> As I said, basically, basically, if you were. Stone Island, you're a lad. If you were Stone Island, you're a lad. But yeah. that that terrible accent will explain in a minute. No, you're um, quite good at the accent because you're from there. Well, yeah, I don't want enough. Yeah, I don't want to bump into him though. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, he could get you. He'd be about seventy-five now. <laughs> he's only we thirty-nine are... or something in that, you know. Ah, uh, well, he'd be well, 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 in his mid-fifties now. Yeah, let's, uh, that's not going to stop him, is he? Well, he might have changed his ways, Craig. I hope well, so. Let's let's we'll leave see that, more uh, about that. Mis- I don't even know Mysteri- who he is yet. So come on, yeah, yeah exactly. we'll let's, <laughs> let's leave the mysterious legend to a little bit more before we talk about uh, Colin Blarney with the uh, uh, head, <laughs> one of the top boys of the uh, the Red Army. Mm. Who uh, he is, you know yeah. he's a top boy because his his ear has a star tattooed on it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, Does that mean what his you... ears won the European Cup once. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> the European Cup of Hooliganism. <laughs> 
<laughs> he knocked out a Juventus top boy or something. <laughs> what did you describe him as looking like, Matt? Off air, uh, Blarney. Uh, Phil Parkinson. <laughs> <laughs> Funny because it's accurate. Yeah, if Phil Parkinson was like dead hard, it looked like that. I really he... hope Phil Parkinson gets an ear tattoo. Yeah, same. <laughs> really do. Really but he. Do. Uh, he shows us round Old Trafford, and he uh, he keeps pointing at random things of where like pe- someone lost an eye there. That was a bad day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's he's a bit like sad about the whole thing. I think isn't he? Yeah, I think he realises it's all a bit tragic. Like, he also, but I also think he's disappointed that it doesn't really happen much anymore. Yeah, I think that's, yeah. I think that's he's wistful. He's showing all these like alleyways. It's like, oh well, we used to put him down in like it, coppers could get nowhere near you. There's just fast food stands down there now, mate. Yeah, people selling <laughs> shit scarves, yeah. half and half scarves. Which, although he was did say in his glory days of the Red Army, if the merchandise stands were selling scarves, they'd just ransack them. Yeah, gibbering. Oh, that's nice. Gibbering. And they're taking the money. So he was saying if there were any shops or vendors around Old Trafford, the firm used to take a cut of it. Yeah. Very, uh, very like, mafioso. Just turning up and... Grabbing cash out the tills and that, like, <laughs> unbelievable. Well, <clears throat> it's a, before uh, Danny takes a trip to uh, to the sunlit lands of Burnley. Uh, Which he describes as unknown territory. <laughs> 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 he never thought he'd be on the F-62. <laughs> I think Danny's confused. He's, like, he's out of his manner now, isn't he's he? He's never been out of like, Cannon Town, oh, has he? No, but, he's... But before we go to Burnley, we must we must talk about yes, the uh, the Man United Liverpool game. Which uh, before mm. we get onto it, it's an, an amazing example of police tactics and how the police are really good at like sorting all this like hooligan element out. But Danny Dyer is not at this match. No, he's no. absolutely he's not. not. He's just lying. <laughs> he's lying about being at a game he wasn't at. <laughs> while reenacting things by walking a bit edgily at the camera as if he's going to sling a left hook. I was absolutely howling at the reconstruction of where he, like, <laughs> he stood, he stood at one uh. of the, um, the turnstiles and he's, he runs out as if he's one yeah. of them. That's what I mean. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> and there's bits where, like, they're trying to just talk about what happened after the game and people are like, where are they, where are they? And, uh, oh, yeah, They're nowhere to, to be seen. You, you fucking mank, you mank hunt or something like. <laughs> you just hear this like <laughs> howling at it. <laughs> oh man! But again, he also says in this one that train stations are um, like war zones, and then it just shows the police like <laughs> calmly escorting football yeah. fans to and from Piccadilly to uh. Lime Street. <laughs> <laughs> in and fact said, one of them gets told off they're like well if you go on like that you won't be getting on any train <laughs> and they're all just like head yeah, down right. these yeah, aren't even uh, hooligans so, they're just normal people sorry mate it's unreal like because they, they are just shots of <laughs> random people just people in Burger yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're literally doing no harm at all like getting searched because that's what happens at football games but they're trying to make it seem like this is the hooligan element I think it's a woman now I'm not saying women can't be hooligans but as we see throughout the course of these episodes there isn't a single woman involved no. in this and it is very yeah. much a man's domain <laughs> it's usually like white fat men yes yeah. usually what it is most of them have had severe amount of hair loss so <laughs> after <laughs> after Danny's uh, 
big, well, for the big ructions at Man United Liverpool, obviously nothing happened. <laughs> <laughs> he takes he takes a trip up the M65 to uh, to Burnley, and Danny oh, yes. is nervous. He what are is, the Burnley what are the Burnley squad called? Uh, the Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad, yeah. Yeah. Which they describe as a rape mad name that came from suicide <laughs> bombers in Lebanon in 1983, I, which I thought, I thought was, was quite amazing. Very thought... similar. I can see where they got the name from. I thought that was excellent. That was like the best reason. <laughs> that like, was when so he's talking funny. about, it, he's like, so someone said that, and we thought that's great. That, and within ten minutes, we had the cards printed and it was sorted. <laughs> like <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, as we were as we were describing before, uh, we meet oh, he's the stuff. We, well, he is bricking it, but he's we're, we before Danny's introduced to Burnley. We meet the oh, star yeah. of the show, which is thirty-nine-year-old Andy <laughs> Porter. He he is Burnley through and through. He is banned for every ground in the country, <laughs> and he just loves he loves fight. He loves two things: fighting and going to prison. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know if he likes the latter. He just ends up there as a result of his love of the first thing. <laughs> <laughs> but he, ta- he takes us around a, t- a tour of uh, the back streets of Turf Moor and all that. And then Another uh, person with his love of urban geography. Because yeah. no, the away fans didn't know what were these roads, but we did. Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> <laughs> and he uh, he shows him like uh, it, it, also he gets out like they they doing a lot of these they get out of the clippings and all that but there's also mm. a picture of him in his house holding an AK forty seven. What this man is dangerous like genuinely he scary. He's an absolute like. lunatic. This fella like <laughs> yeah this is a person that I like. I don't want to bump into this guy because he kind of scared me. I, I mean, think as well, like, like Danny does have because you can tell some of these vox pops have been done where Danny's not involved because yeah. you see them before Danny's nervous about meeting them. And when Danny says that he's nervous because look what I've got with me, uh, I've got you who's about as beefy as a Rizzler paper, a, tre- a treacle as a he treacle. describes, yeah. I presume a woman, and <laughs> what's the other one? A man with a clipboard. Gear, gear, so obviously gear, Danny's, clipboard. Danny's firm's looking a little bit like lightweight and he's obviously seen Andy Porter and thought, shit, this well, man the, he is, is a, yeah. very dangerous. Well, the thing is, it doesn't really make much sense because, like, y- you get to know, like, Andy Porter at first and then you meet his two sidekicks, Mick and Simon. <laughs> Mick and si- what, one of those looks like Rod King. Yes, yeah, it's yeah. one of them. It's Mick. Mick, it's Mick yeah. Simon's the one who thinks that uh, football violence is better than sex. Yeah. Yes. If you offered me sex with an ass blonde, I'd say no. I love farting. I love that Tom can do these accents so well. That's great. That's it. Tom, Tom getting filled in next time he goes to Burnley. No, oh, just yes. getting filled in because they can get from Burnley to there. Uh, yeah. Tom's <laughs> locale very easily. No, he won't know how to do that. <laughs> Actually, I don't think they leave leave their manner ever, apart from away games. So yeah. well, this guy, this guy will be fifty now. I, I don't think that would stop him being a total head case. Like, got his son to really deal don't. with. Got his son oh. to deal with now. Tom. Oh, God. oh yeah, shit. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I'm fucked. <laughs> I mean, there's another bit. Of, there's a bit of social like the sort of. I mean, it's oh, done in a really terrible yeah. way. But he talks about social deprivation, and but, there's a lot of like. 
horrible kind of voyeurism of like looking at a really de- it's the town is very deprived it's gone yeah. down like massively but he does say it's sort of it's a breeding ground for hooligans and he's kind of right these, he also, these people literally have nothing else going on in yeah. their lives do they he, he also says when he's going on about this uh, social deprivation he also says people in Burnley still live in derelict houses it's like <laughs> yeah no they don't <laughs> no they <laughs> don't <laughs> It's like, mate, have you been... Obviously, Upton Park still was around at this time. It's like, it's not exactly really nice around Upton Park, mate. <laughs> it's pretty fucking rough in parts of London. <laughs> no, he really he offends them twice, does Well, he offends them oh, once he does, to, yeah. his, to his face. When yeah, he, he says does. that you're a pretty small club and an unknown firm on a national scale. Yeah, and he then, keeps calling him your little firm in yeah. a really patronising way. I'm like, yeah. have you seen this man? Please and stop then, doing that. And then after he leaves the pub, he goes... Um, He's obviously really passionate about Burnley, which, uh, let's be honest, it must be pretty hard to be. And it's like, yeah, I, you just slammed off the whole town of Burnley there. Yeah, absolute bastard. But There's why? also some good tattoos here, by the way. town, Danny Dyer. We, yeah. we need to talk about Andy, Andy's tattoo as well, yeah. his neck tattoo. Oh, there's a, there's a... Oh, sorry, go on. Tell us about Andy's tattoos, because I've also got... Uh, Another man's as well. Another yeah. man's tattoo. And he's got an England flag on his neck. Yes. Which is one of those ones that makes him look as edgy as he is, like, and I'm sure that's one of the reasons that he got the tattoo because it is it is a pretty edgy tattoo, isn't it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. What about well, the other one? I know exactly which one you're thinking of, yeah. Tom. I think. Well, it's when Danny goes. When Danny meets these people, obviously he hasn't. He clearly hasn't been briefed by his producers of what these no, people yeah. are like because he doesn't no. seem to know anything about them. That's probably why he keeps insulting them. It's, it's again, it is, it's like he's literally being dropped into planet Earth and like, he's, it's like an alien and trying to, you know, he's, he just doesn't have a clue about football hooliganism. It's unbelievable. <laughs> These, uh, yeah, so the fella he meets in, in the cricketer's arms oh. in, uh, in Burnley, so that's one for me not to swear. Never go in. There's a bloke telling a story of how I can't remember where where this game was, but a police dog oh, was wow, yeah. by, by oh, his yeah. leg, and he picked up the police dog and threw it at the police. And he's got a tattoo <sighs> saying, "He says I really don't like I really don't I, 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 hate, I hate him I hate I hate him. him I hate the police." So he's got a fuck the police Ugh. tattoo. I thought it was going to be an ACAB tattoo, but it's probably too, like, punk and edgy for that. No, it just literally says, fuck the police. Fuck the, fuck the police, yeah. And this is the bit where, and it pans back to Danny, who's like, he stood up with a pint in his hand, but everyone else is sat down, not talking to him. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And, it, and it's like, this looks well awkward. Yeah. And he's... <laughs> <laughs> They, yeah, they probably think he is what he is, which is a fucking idiot. Well, I, I bet at first they thought, oh, well, we did the... Because f- he goes in and is like, well, I hope they like the film. Oh, he's obsessed with the fucking yeah. film, isn't he? Well, that's the only reason he's doing this series. <laughs> 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 and it's like... And I think, I think they would have thought, oh, well, maybe he was like a hooligan... Like before he did the film, or like something like that, and they turned, and they must have clocked that. No, this guy's just an actor, so he, he doesn't really know nothing. Much. He supports West Ham, but that's probably the edgiest thing about him. Yeah, this guy, this man's done Pinter. He's not <laughs> one of us. <laughs> Pinter, <laughs> pint, pint, <laughs> but uh, and also we meet like uh, we're also introduced a bit to. Um, 
Sandy Porter's like <laughs> rabbit, like bulldog son, <laughs> and he's just saying, God. and he's like, because there's a lot of this in in. Uh, Especially in the Scottish one, where like people don't want their like the sons to go into it. Yeah. Whereas this guy's like, no, if he wants to go into it, like he knows the risks, but it's up to him. I was like, and his, and his sons there, like, yeah, I'm a hooligan. Yeah, I'm gonna uh, go into it. And it's like, oh like, god. He, and there's uh, what there's some other users, and one of them's talking about how he was at Southampton and he got clocked on CCTV and and got arrested. Yeah, and he the looks a little enemy. bit. Yeah, <laughs> he looks a bit like um, what's he called? Anthony's mate in the royal family. Oh, Darren. Is that what he's called, Darren? Yeah. The the dopey one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's now Kirk ra- in Coronation Street. That's the yeah. fella. That's Is the it? guy. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> he looks a bit well, like it. Wave. Well, maybe he didn't look like him. <laughs> <laughs> well, we we return this this episode closes out by returning to uh, Everton's finest, Andy mm. Nichols, who uh, it turns out is a is a redeemed man, um, and he's given up the game. Um, well, can someone, someone please uh, refresh my memory of why oh, he's yeah. uh, given so, up the game or the moment? Yeah, so he was at um, he was at a game, <laughs> and uh, I don't know if he was getting in a bother or, or what, but uh, a policeman came up to him and said, um, "Weren't you arrested here in '84?" And he, he went, "Yeah, we, yeah, were you?" Or he goes, "Yeah, were you at the game?" And he goes, "No, I was at school." Don't you think it's about time you grew up? Well, there you are. And, yeah. he, and that was the moment. Decided to. Uh, yeah, it, it all dawned on him right then. I should that stop moment. doing this. And, uh, and, and, it, and he did, and that, to be that, fair. Yeah, yeah. He gave it up, but he still hangs on to that fight of the Everton Valley with the United fans. Well, the United fans, but had, they were always good for numbers. <laughs> <laughs> they always use numbers to their advantage. <laughs> give, give the, <laughs> I'll give them that. Well... While Andy Nichols thinks uh, maybe it's, he's old, too old to uh, to be still doing this, Danny Dyer's not because he's going to Scotland in episode three. Yeah, so Danny Dyer's going up to Scotland into the uh, the big cities of uh, Glasgow, Edinburgh, and uh, Aberdeen. And he uh, he start he starts in Glasgow, obviously, and we have the uh, the crash course in sectarianism. Um, of why <laughs> Celtic and uh, Celtic and Rangers hate each other, and he describes Scotland as both beautiful and brutal yes. uh, in regards to uh, and this. So already, already within moments of this, of this, uh, of this episode started, there's some great names from uh, of Jimmy McTaggart from the yes. Rangers yeah. Rangers ICF, who's also banned from every Rangers game. Forever, um, I thought he looked a bit like Rod King. Like if Rod King went a bit wrong in the face, <laughs> <laughs> went a bit wrong. <laughs> well, I mean, not that Rod's right, but you know what I mean. He just had a bit of the rods about him. If Rod was a bit older, <laughs> these uh the guy, the, the the Celtic guy they meet, John O'Kane. The uh, he's actually in a much better. Documentary about hooligans mm. in or the old firm. It's uh, by it was well, it's by, done by Vice, so it's obviously oh, like, like a professional production values are a bit better. Yeah, and the the depth of research is a bit better. Um, <laughs> yeah, you mean there has been some. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> the person presenting it actually knows something about the subject he's covering. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, as, as you'll find, Danny does know a lot about it because, in his own words, I support a passionate club, West Ham. I, would, <laughs> I understand what passion is about. This is powerful. <laughs> That's when he, st- he stood outside Ibrox and he said, you can really taste it, you can, s- you can oh, smell yeah. it. And then he's running out of things to say. He's just like, duh! <laughs> I, I was... Um... I was at this point I was a little bit dubious as to whether he was going to be at the game again but it looked like yeah, he had an actual actually, ticket this yeah. time well, I thought there was a, a particularly one thing that was worth mentioning in, in the history bit of this was when someone's described by a voiceover on some kind of news reporter saying someone had his head struck with a meat cleaver <laughs> yeah. like, we're really getting a flavour here of how violent <laughs> this one is like pretty nasty but naughty uh, no, no, indeed, 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 as Danny probably does say. But now, as we're three episodes in, uh, we, we kind of we're used to the, like the formula and how this goes. It, it really is set in stone of the history. Speak to some lunatics. Oh, all <laughs> CCTV, CCTV's ruined the game, and uh, <laughs> and then. Uh, Danny's final thoughts at the end, which is him but again he, stood down an alleyway. But uh, this time, be, because he really does get to go to the game, we get some great lines out of him. Like, he really he was getting really pumped up before the game, and he really wants to go in and have it. So you're not going to have it, as we've seen. You're an absolute wimp. <laughs> <laughs> I just for clarity, uh, just for clarity, he's got um, he's got a ticket for the old firm game. In the Celtic end. Oh, sorry. Yeah, we hadn't hadn't uh, built that. What he wants to have is some sectarian violence. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he comes out of it thinking it's like being pumped full of drugs. Drugs <laughs> yeah. unspecified. Yeah. Don't know which kind, but he's pumped full of them. There's a there's a great bit though where he brings uh, John O'Kane along to the. Uh... <laughs> The old firm game, and he's just stood. He's just stood outside Ibrox because obviously John can't go in because he's banned. Yeah. And but then he turns out it's like Danny's got a ticket. Yeah, just give it to him. Yeah, then the actual <laughs> fan. Well, maybe not. Well, actually, and yeah. abetting violent men is probably not the, <laughs> the best thing. I know. I noticed as well during some of the uh, montage sequences, there was just a random shot of a couple of Rangers fans having a wee against the stadium wall. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, why is that in this? <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit it's a bit after it where he goes uh, like uh Celtic won and he he says, Oh, oh yeah. I've, I've gotta to go to Bridgeton now and he, so he's mm. in the he's in the car again because I don't think he's ever met these people and he's 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 gotta meet Jimmy McTaggart, the most <laughs> Scottish man imaginable. <laughs> but he goes how how like <laughs> scared he is of it. And then he walks in this pub. And he's like, with a pint of the local brew, I was back to my normal self. And he's just had a sip of tenants, <laughs> and, and he's taking photos of people. And he's flicking and just, the Vs. Uh, yes, flicking a, a the sip of tenants, and he's flicking the Vs at the camera. And he's also he's, quickly, back. he's quickly gone from wanting to have it, pumped full of drugs, to when he's sitting in this car, he's like, oh... Well, I'm, it's not a really a great idea to go from being with the Celtic to the Rangers. Right. And I ain't too happy about it, but I don't care. <coughs> Crossing so wait, there's the a lot of conflicting emotions, yeah. He's, but it's like, one minute you want to have it, mate. Next, you're scared of meeting a man in a pub. Make your mind up. 
<laughs> the bit where he stood outside. This is before it transpires. He actually has. He's got a ticket for the game, and he's going to go. Uh, he's wearing just like you can see everyone just so up for it, and he points to like the woman doing the st- <laughs> the car steward, and just like look at her. She's going to nut someone in a minute. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Even she's up for it. She's directing traffic, mate. She's literally she's doing her Danny, job. Danny, she isn't. Like, and there's nobody about. <laughs> Did he go to this game at like eight in the morning? <laughs> <laughs> right, we'll get some footage when there's no one there so that I'm not under threat. There's a, good, there's a great bit where he meets Jimmy McTaggart in the, um, in the Rangers pub. And because it's been like a half two kickoff, and so he comes outside. It's like, oh, do you reckon it's going to get like a bit naughty later? <laughs> and you're just like, there's nobody on the streets, and it's just the guys like, oh yeah, yeah, there'll be some fights in town, and it's yeah. like they probably won't. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's like, well, there's obviously no nothing going on here because it's a Rangers area and we've just lost. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like what does he expect to be happening? <laughs> just, just people scrapping with each other. <laughs> So, oh yeah, Lord of the Green Brigade have just stormed up the street. <laughs> They're coming along for a pint, Danny. Yeah. Oh, just, oh dear. I should have had Mickey Loff on for this section. Mickey Loff would have been in his element. Oh yeah. Mick, Mick <laughs> was there. appearance. <laughs> Mick was Despite there. Despite him probably being, well, I don't know what, 10 when this was made? Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he was literally just conceived and straight away he was at the old firm with Jimmy, <laughs> fighting Jimmy McTaggart. <laughs> <laughs> but we leave we leave the the badlands of Glasgow and we head up north to Aberdeen where yes. he uh, where he meets uh what's he called Jay Allen a uh, a man who is uh <laughs> part of uh what was uh, Aberdeen's firm? What were they called here? Oh, the Aj- Aj- Aberdeen Soccer Casuals. Soccer, Soccer Casuals. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah, and this man Terrible retired man. in 1986, didn't he? He was he retired quite a long time ago. So yes, well, he well, seems a bit weird to me. We'll learn his. <laughs> well, that was we'll when Aberdeen retired, wasn't it? So. <laughs> <laughs> but then we, that was then good. It, that matter, like it. <laughs> <laughs> but then it turns out it wasn't Liverpool that invented casual firms at all. It was Aberdeen, Aberdeen. For, for some reason. Which this the thing is with Aberdeen, because the narrative of uh, this series is how like working class kids with nothing else to do go fighting but they just they spoke about Aberdeen as this like really like boom town where yeah. everyone's loaded yeah. so it kind of goes against and also Aberdeen were like mint at the time yeah <laughs> yeah and he yeah because he, he goes on about them having all this money doesn't he so apparently you can't buy clothes in Aberdeen so they have to get a train to London which is fucking a long train journey <laughs> in the 1980s the longest train possible yeah they're like going from Aberdeen but the paves weren't exactly paved with gold but the shops were filled with treasure in London <laughs> Costume, more shopping yeah more shopping Does Danny Danny doesn't try any clothes on at this point because he's already tried the, the, the cardigans and things on so he doesn't need to but the uh, the the folks at Aberdeen, even though they did have a a hard hooligan firm, were not really um, not really revealed by the men of Motherwell Saturday Service. No, they man, like yeah. apparently Motherwell's uh, <laughs> Matt. We were introduced to Matt Johnston of Motherwell's uh, Saturday Service, who was a skinhead at the time and described uh, described Aberdeen for wearing normal clothes as a bunch of poofs, which is. Uh, <laughs> I just, I find it astonishing 
He didn't just say it once. Says it twice. <laughs> but he, he quickly, they quickly found out that they weren't because they could fight as well. Uh, this but is appa- like... apparently that's assuming, of course, that... Um, uh, well, I'm assuming by poofs he's referring to homosexuals. He must think that they can't fight. No. Only heterosexual men can. But whatever <laughs> these men are, they can fight. <laughs> there's, a, there's a great bit where he's like they're explaining like the casual culture and where like they used to write like really catty letters to each other in a magazine <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> just like what world is that where they're just I, like ooh I also love how these uh, people dressed in sort of like decent gear that they've bought in London uh, uh, the catches the police out the, ca- the police <laughs> yeah. are unaware because <laughs> They're wearing nice clothes. So you can still see them throwing the punches, like, come on. It's like in The Simpsons where they're driving along and he turns off the lights and it's like, oh my God, it's a ghost car. <laughs> <laughs> the, the police oh, in Scotland were very, like, despite, like, well, obviously, well, they haven't got the CCTV in the 80s. They also don't have any policing skills at all. They're just rubbish. <laughs> they are rubbish. <laughs> The uh, the Aberdeen firm as well obviously don't they don't know when they've been um, infiltrated by a journo either. <laughs> oh, you mean Aslan the lion? <laughs> <laughs> He's horrible, him. I, I was going to say he looked like a member of a prog band. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he looked like something out of Phone Jacker as well. Prog <laughs> <laughs> band. <laughs> oh no! Well, this, this fella. Oh my god, he does as well. This fella, Andy Colvin, is a was a journalist, <laughs> and they showed a picture of him at first. <laughs> right, I'm trying to describe this guy. Imagine if Hag, imagine if Hagrid had like <laughs> had like bleach blonde hair. Imagine if James May joined Pink Floyd. <laughs> A lot of weight on. <laughs> He's a blamange. <laughs> but obviously, he didn't look like this at the time he was in the firm. He looked like just a, a pudding. You see a picture of him, and he just looks like a pudding. Oh, oh God. He's my favourite person in the whole documentary, I think. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't see anything interesting. It's just a look at him. No, because at first when he's like walking through the town, I was looking at him was like, wow, that guy looks a bit weird. And then he just cuts to him being interviewed. <laughs> I was going to mention there's a really weird, just normal person in the street. <laughs> but he's, he's, a, he's a prog journal man. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, oh, please dear. watch it even if you can't stomach watching the whole series <laughs> episode three <coughs> just like skip through it until you see aslan and you'll know what we're talking about <laughs> <laughs> oh my god oh man yeah so he was the original trailblazer in uh infiltrating these hooligan firms and he seemed to you know he, well, he didn't really say if he got in any fights mm. uh, because his papers no, uh, are not to break the law, but he uh, he damn fine grassed a lot of people up. Yeah, yeah oh yeah. Oh, oh, hang on, Which results in... Of... What, what does it result in? A draw full of death threats and a draw, but also oh, people well. who want him to then come and cover their firm. 
Yes. And he has to pontificate on whether has he fueled the beast? Has yes. he fed the animal that is the hooligan firm? And he's left to think about that before <laughs> knocking out a nifty baseline. <laughs> <laughs> While playing key, while playing a guitar, <laughs> <laughs> covering Rush songs. <laughs> this is also another before before we head back to uh, Edinburgh because he's a kind of there's oh, kind God. of a bit where it uh, it kind of spars off between uh, Hibbs and uh, Aberdeen. Oh, yeah. But uh, for another mm. interesting fella is a fella mm. called uh, Dan Rivers, <laughs> who's uh, he's, who's of another. He's another Aberdeen hooligan, and he's just got the most magnificent, like, flowing ginger curtains for, <laughs> for like a man who's, be... like, 45. <laughs> he looks like a poet. He looks like a character who... out of Still Game. <laughs> <laughs> I keep thinking he's going to start singing, like, he looks like the singer from Keen. <laughs> <laughs> what was their song called again? That one that they did. Oh. oh no! Well, he sang it. <laughs> he, Richard, Richard sounds... dropping a Keen song there. Oh yeah, dropping somewhere only we know. Yes, yes that's yes. it. And he yes. also d- sounds like he's faking the accent. Doesn't sound. Yeah, real. doesn't sound like yeah, a Scottish yeah. accent. I was like, there's something up here. He's a plant. That sounds like that could sound like a man who's worked in like oil, but now has to work in like London all the time. Mm. So like yeah. his accent's like kind of. Uh, Faded. If you are, oh listening. yeah, Andy Colvin has to explain his Glaswegian accent, doesn't he? And oh. he uses oil as a reason. Doesn't have to explain the fact that he looks like he belongs <laughs> in a like rock band. I'm just doesn't on tour. Yeah, just playing Aberdeen. Well, obviously, with all the oil money, we're doing a residency. It's a bit like what you get in Vegas. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, sorry, I can't. I yeah. I'm trying well, to go, Colvin. <laughs> uh, well, we've got Dan Rivers, and he's. Uh, <laughs> I love we have Dan, Dan Rivers. Dan Rivers on one hand, and then also in in uh, for Hibs, we have. Um, well, there's two Hibs. There's uh, hmm. Derek Dykes, who owns the. Uh, who owns the uh, <laughs> the boxing gym, which Danny. Oh, yeah. Which Danny is wow. very. Uh, <laughs> very uh, <laughs> impressed by the sign on the gym door which says <laughs> live uh, live as if you're a russian peasant in a french patisserie and he looks both he both looks delighted and incredibly confused by this by this statement he's expecting to meet some kind of fellow actor or thespian or poet someone who also does pinter perhaps well, well Sorry, I do apologise to Derek Dykes because Derek Dykes is is a uh, one of the top boys for the Capital City Service. That's correct. But the the man who owns the gym is actually well, he is an actor called Bradley Welsh. That's right. Uh, Matthew knows a bit more about this fella. Well, yeah. So if anyone else has like me seen everything Danny Dyer has ever done, he's uh, he did a he did a series called Danny Dyer's Deadliest Men. Um, Can I also at this juncture just say, forget the football theme. Let's make these all about Danny Dyer and do it. We'll do some on that as well. D- D- Danny Dyer's Deadliest Men is one hundred percent worth doing, particularly for the Sam McCrory episode, which we can talk about off air and as to why. Um, but the, <laughs> um, yeah, so this fella, Declan Welsh, he, he does a. I can't remember why he does the episode on him, but he's obviously hard as nails, and he was also. But he looks solid. 
Yeah, he was also in. I think he was a talented. I might be wrong. I think he was a talented boxer, and then <laughs> got involved in other things off out of the ring, etc. Um, and then he was he was in Trainspotting two, apparently. Which I yeah, couldn't, he was. Really, I couldn't he... remember, but I found out earlier when I googled him because of the because of the connection to Danny Dyer's Deadliest Men, and it is also dead. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, that's quite sad, really. It was the way Matthew delivered it, though, in his the emphatic. <laughs> yeah, he said um, he was yeah, murdered. I think. Wow. Yeah, in shot a gangland in, shot in the Jesus. head. Yeah, which is sad. I think you so. get a real sense of what these sort of, sort of these people are kind of like world they're operating in from that story more than you do from this series, to be honest. Yeah, I mean the the thing on I haven't seen it for a while, but I was in, I was putting some stuff in the loft earlier, and I, I came across the Danny Dyer's Deadliest Men DVDs that I have, and um, yeah, I remember that I remember that the 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 episode obviously does go way in depth in it. I am now going to watch it immediately after this. Oh yeah, please do. Oh, apparently I'm not. Back. Beggy's well, heard me say that and apparently I'm not watching it immediately after this. <laughs> you will be though because it's going to be it's important that we keep these podcasts alive and you're going to have to watch it. Well, that's later it. at yeah. some point. So <laughs> Well, I'll tell da- Becky that from me. <laughs> I will tell her that from you. Well, as Danny uh, enters the gym, he's introduced to uh, Mr. Welsh by by Mr. Welsh decking one of those uh, boxing machines to demonstrate how hard he is. And Danny is like a little kid. It's like, he's made the dial go around twice. It's gone around twice. (laughs) That is a brilliant moment. (laughs) He's such a delighted man child. There's also a great bit in it where he's in Dundee and he can't get his head around why there's one firm for two teams. Oh, he just, can't like, get his, just cannot get his head around it. <laughs> he can't get his head around it. He's like, I, just can't, I just can't do it. It's so close. That, that ground's there and, and this one's here. Yeah, yeah they are. Yeah. He's like, looking down that. the street where they are. and the camera's yeah. looking up. And, yeah, it's great. It's amazing. He also makes a great line that we, we didn't mention when he's in Aberdeen. He's on the seafront, right? And I think he's mocking Aberdeen because he's like, oh, yeah, it's lovely here. And then it's like, actually, it looks quite nice, that beach, mate, you twat. And then goes, oh, it's absolutely taters. Yes. <laughs> I really enjoyed that line. Yeah, also that line, that he doesn't really... He's, de- he's demeaning Aberdeen before it cuts to a segment of saying how like how rich Aberdeen is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you prick. <laughs> <laughs> they live in derelict houses here. Hates <laughs> Ab- Aberdeen and Burnley. Who <laughs> oh, ironically fought each other in the Europa League qualifying a couple of years ago. God, I bet uh, that fight was mental. <laughs> I was gonna. I was gonna say if Burnley were gonna get anyone in a Europa League game, <laughs> that is the most Burnley team to get. They lost as well. <laughs> they lost the away goals. I think. Fucking Eddie Port was thinking about that. No way. Well, he didn't go. He doesn't care about the result, Craig. He just cares about his manner. That's true. <laughs> well, Derek, Derek Dykes and. Uh, <laughs> Flowing locks, Dan Rivers. Tell us about how Aberdeen were the uh, the, the the main mob until the, until there was a like a fizzing rivalry with uh, Hibernian. Um, also, Danny Dyer describes it as Hybian, which really does me. Oh, that's horrible! I hate it when he says that. Yeah, Hybian. Just like no, no. It's just wrong. It's not even. It's not even close. 
it's completely wrong. He says <laughs> something else like that, and I can't remember what it is, and it really annoyed me as well. He says a lot of things, Craig. He does, he? yeah. Really? <laughs> He's a right dickhead. <laughs> no, no, I love him. Take that back. I love him too. And so essentially they're doing, uh, they're just showing like people around, it's another one of these like things of where we used to kick people's heads in kind of uh, tour of Edinburgh Waverley Station where you'd have like a lookout and he just, this oh, Derek I love Dyke. the lookout. Derek Dykes especially is where he's on the bridge above Edinburgh Waverley Station. It's like, yeah, you used to have a lookout here and you could see Aberdeen. It's like, uh, they were good times. They were good times. Oh, Just yeah, like, he looking wistfully it. into the sky. Because <laughs> he now he's never it, allowed like... to go to a Hibs game ever again. It's like, it's like the bit in the football factory, isn't it, when Billy looks into the pub and they're having the meeting without him. Yeah. <laughs> he's looking at his own past. He's, he a, can't he's, a, no, he's a spent force now. Yeah, he's a spent force. <laughs> There's another good bit of urban geography in this one around uh, Leith, where he's talking about the streets. Where he, there's a bit is that, that's exactly what you're talking about, isn't it? That street where he's, he's remembering because it's Waverley where he's remembering a bit. That, there's there's two bits there. There's a separate bit in Leith as well where he does the same, and he's on about like all these little back streets and yeah. how you can corner people and that, and you're like. Yep, this is exactly the same as the last episode, except you've got a really strong accent. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it also goes to a street where the away fans used to come out at, um, at Easter Road because I've had some of the best times of my life on this street. Say, <laughs> <laughs> like Derek, mate. Come on. Come on, mate. And then uh, <laughs> he described, uh, like, well, the reason why all this, like, rivalry to Aberdeen and Hibs, like, sparks is because someone, in their words, like, nearly died. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, it was horrible, yeah. that, wasn't it? And then he go, and the bloke just goes, yeah, it was a bit of a shame, that. Well, he goes, loads <laughs> of people said he died. He didn't. He was just in a bad way. <laughs> like, well, that still sounds pretty horrible. Uh, all right, all right, oh, well, that's all right, then. And yeah, at no point take... can I think Dan Rivers was any involved in any of this. He just no. doesn't look like someone who was involved. It was like he was taken to a hospital where he was pronounced dead. He was then taken to a better hospital where doctors upgraded his condition to alive. But <laughs> 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 well, this, well, then... this meant the, uh, the luxury shopping area of Edinburgh, Princess Street, was no longer safe. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Is this rival being well. quite like, literally exploded? Like when he goes, <laughs> like when he's on about that pub, we just appeared from nowhere. It's on the corner of Princess Street, mate. It's uh, the oh yeah. Shop. Like, also, I've been, I've been in that pub. It's and well yeah, expensive. Oh, yeah. it's, a Nic- it's a Nicholson's pub, isn't it? I'm sure. It yeah, is, it? it is really expensive. When he talks about, I love the metaphor that he uses where he says, we, describing him and his his brethren were like rats coming out of the sewer. Yeah, that was it. Like, yeah. He, I'm surprised you're calling yourselves rats. I mean, it's apt, but, you know, never mind. <laughs> and then there was, uh, well, then it, well, someone took it a bit too far. Yeah. When, uh, yeah. when someone turned up, uh, <laughs> when Aberdeen <laughs> turned up with a petrol bomb. Oh, no, on Princess Street. Hibs. It was Hibs threw a petrol bomb on the busiest street in Edinburgh. And, and everyone was like, yeah. We're probably taking a bit too he's, far. He's no, laughing about it. Far. Again, there's a th- they, they always do this. You, you've ruined it now. You've spoiled it. You've spoiled he's it he's laughing though. He's like looking around going, it was probably about as busy as it is now. This is like flocks of people. It's like, mate, throwing a petrol bomb into a bunch of civilians is not adv- advisable, really, <laughs> at all. not really well, okay. Na- 
Well, nowadays that's literally a terrorist act. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You were perf- you were a proto terrorist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's there's some people that. For all the the fighting and the adrenaline and all this, there's some people that like to step away from the carnage and leave <laughs> that that life behind. And that man is a former <laughs> Aberdeen Soccer Casuals. Uh, fr- I was going to say front man, but I'm thinking of the wrong person. <laughs> oh, J- Jim Allen. <laughs> <laughs> Jim Morrison. <laughs> no, it's actually uh, J- it's Jay Allen who we met in the uh, earlier in the show. And he's he's oh, yes. he, he's the one. He's like the complete Boring outlier. Him. It's an entire se- yeah, <laughs> it's an, it's an entire series where he got arrested once and sent to prison, and he felt this overwhelming sense of shame uh, on his yeah. family and his girlfriend, and so he stopped completely, and he now runs a hotel and he's a community councillor, and it's just which like, involves running the toilets, and I'm yeah. not sure what that means. Well, is that the same as like running in a firm? It just runs at the toilet. Could be. Well, good good luck. Um, good luck. Well, yeah. we have to go back to Dundee though because Danny's going to go to a Dundee match, and that is one of the best parts in the whole show. <laughs> well, he was planning on going to a Dundee match, mm. but the old Bill know I'm here. <laughs> He's just an actor, Danny. <laughs> you literally couldn't fight anyone. <laughs> He's so ridiculous. He can't There's a man he who's got, called Steve McGurk as well, who looks got, like Churchill the dog. But he even got kicked the fuck in the film in what he was supposed to be. A f- <laughs> he's absolutely shite. And now he's not allowed to go to Dundee versus Partick Thistle or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, wow, this, this, is, this is your... He thinks this is great because it gives him, like, oh, yeah. Yeah, he's, kudos, yeah, doesn't he? Yeah. He thinks it's he's, like, oh, I'm part of it now, I'm part of it. Yeah, he says like his like presence would rile up supporters. Yeah. <laughs> what? <It's> like... <laughs> oh, well, the Dundee Utility Crew, which is emerging, that he can't get his head around, as we've already maybe discussed. The, maybe so... the, the away fans might have recognised them from Pinter. <laughs> and maybe they did. They'd all gone to see his two ring show. <laughs> That's it, uh, maybe. Yeah. I'm sorry, but Utility Crew is <laughs> just yeah. sounds terrible. Sounds, sounds like a good <laughs> Utility yeah. Crew. Sounds like they're going to provide my gas and electric. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, lads. Uh, uh, well, well, that brings us an end to episode three, and it merely <laughs> whets the appetite of what's <laughs> come next. Oh, boy. Danny exits the episode by slipping through the long grass and yeah. going back down south. Yes, yes. <laughs> but... These, don't don't you worry there, dear listener, because there's plenty to come. Because Danny's got a few more stops on his tour, and he's got, he's got Yorkshire, and of course England away, <laughs> still which got, will featuring Stephen Goldsmith. Well. <laughs> oh, and, so yes, Yorkshire, the Midlands, and uh, England away. So uh, the dogs barking already. The police the dogs, dogs, the dogs are, are barking. The, at the thought of England away. <laughs> the dogs just the asking Stephen for my, making sure I hand my passport in before I watch England away. <laughs> Stephen Goldsmith uh, away. <laughs> and, anyway, and, uh, if, anyone, if anyone wants to watch all these, they're all available on YouTube. Just type in Danny Dyer's Real Football Factories. And they're mm. all, uh, especially episode one is actually taped off the t- as if someone's oh, held horrible. a camera yeah, to the really TV. Yeah. yeah. You anyway. feel drunk watching it. It's minging. <laughs> well, until until we deliver part two, thank you for listening to the Wise Men Say AV Club. Uh, uh, look after yourselves, fuck the mags, and Donald out. Thanks for listening.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.